0: Hello everybody out there in podcast land, it's Gary Stuckey back once again for another exciting episode of Real Music, and today I've got Deborah Bonham here with her husband Pete Bullock. They've got a brand new album coming out very soon. they got a band together, been together for over 30 years, and you might know the name Bonham. Well, her brother was the late, great John Bonham of Led Zeppelin, but she's not trying to sound like Led Zeppelin, she's got her own thing going. And to me, she sounds like Ann Wilson and Janis Joplin, you know. So I think you're going to enjoy their music. You need to check them out, and uh, you're going to enjoy this interview. i got both of them here. Deborah's going to talk first, and then Pete's going to jump on and talk. So here we go. Here's Deborah Bonham. Hello, this is Gary.
1: Hi, Gary. It's Deborah Bonham.
0: How are you doing?
1: I'm all right, thank you. I'm very, very well. How are you?
0: I'm doing good, doing real good. It's good to hear you and talk to you today.
1: Yeah, um, thank you for for inviting me to have a chat.
0: Well, first of all, you know, I know y'all got a brand new uh, album coming out, and of co- yeah, of we have. Yeah, can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. It 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 comes out on um, April the twenty ninth, um, and yeah, I'm really excited because it's the it's the first time that we've done. Uh, a, a joint project you know it's it's always been uh, deborah bonham band or deborah bonham um and this time it's now bonham bullock and it's uh which incorporates pete um and it's a, a new project and um of doing sort of some obscure and some well-known covers blues covers and our putting our own take on them um with as much respect as we could for the originals and uh yeah it, and it 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 was a real huge challenge to 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 get it right you know mm. um and it's the first time I've produced a record totally on my own so there was quite a lot of weight on my shoulders you know to, yeah, right. to make sure make sure i got it right and and paid the proper respect that those great songs needed you know but making them our own, you know, because you, you can't just copy them, but uh, right, right. yeah, so it's great, and I'm, I'm really excited about the whole uh, album coming out, and because, you know, we've been in the pandemic, and lockdown, and now all of a sudden, it's opening up, and right. it's, yeah, come on, let's get going, you know. Right,
0: yeah, I bet you're excited to, to go out there and play some. Well, uh,
1: so, oh, yeah. gosh, we, we did our first two shows uh, in January, and um, honestly, we were like, it was like we were coming out the traps, you know, <laughs> yeah. we just got got on that stage, and it was, well, hey, <laughs> we're out here, you know, it was right. just brilliant. And the crowd were the same, right. It was like, I think everybody's been you know locked up and 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 you know, struggling and and then all of a sudden, Everyone was just absolutely going crazy,
2: sure. and there
1: was no uh, breakout. It wasn't a uh, there was no breakout of COVID at, at this event, so it was excellent. Really, really was good. That's awesome. So yeah, can't can't wait to get going. We start touring the UK and Europe in April and this uh, in the summer. Um, we haven't uh, at the moment. We're, we're we're seeing how things are working in America, and hopefully you know, this dreaded pandemic will start to ease out and we yes. can get there for the, um, you know, end of the year or uh, or spring next year.
2: Sure, We're yeah. just
1: sort of seeing how it is at the minute.
0: Well, how, why did you decide to do a covers uh, album of all these cool songs? I mean, these are awesome, uh, you know, songs that you've done, but, you know, why did you decide to do that at this time?
1: Um, I think because people have always sort of said to me, um, you know, you really should do a, a, a blues covers album from way back when. You know, there was talk years and years ago by one record label. They they were sort of saying, "Oh, you know, you, you really should do a, a, a Lady Sings the Blues album." And I thought, like, you know, I can't do that. And I didn't grow up like Billie Holiday did. You know, right. it's it's a whole different world for me, and and I I felt really nervous about taking that on, you know, to give it the absolute respect it needed. So I've always shied away from from doing that, really. And and I've always loved songwriting. So, you know, that's always been the way I've gone. Um, But now, you know, I'm older, and I just felt that I could tackle some of this now. But I didn't want to do the obvious uh, stuff. I still wanted it to be in... The, the genre of how I write, really, right. um, with deep respect to the blues, but not just being totally blues. Bringing in some other, other influences as well, you know, um, of 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 rock and and soul and all the things that I've grown up on, you know. So, um, and so I just decided to to do it this time. You know, I talked to Pete about it. Um, you know, the uh, our, our guitarist and my husband, Pete Bullock and we've been in a band together for 30 years so it was just time you know it just felt right. yeah let's let's do this and there was a, some of those songs were just so cool you know i wanted to just give them a go and see where it went and and it went great so yeah it and, just felt like the time was right
0: yeah well i've been listening to the songs and you know in your voice now and some people hear the name bonham you know they go to led zeppelin but you've got your own style and you stand out on your own in your voice. I was thinking, thank you. Well, your your voice—you got this Janis Joplin meets uh, Ann Wilson thing going on. Is, am I right about that?
2: <laughs> but, well, uh, that's,
1: that's yeah. high praise. Thank you very much. That's that's um, lovely of you. Both women, of course, I adore. So, you know, um, that's real high praise. Um, yeah. And I had the I had the absolute fortune to um, be on tour. That was the the, the last time. Um, when we were in America in 2018, it wasn't the last time I was. we, we toured America, that was 2019. But in 2018, we did the Stars Align tour with Paul Rogers, Jeff Beck, and Ann Wilson. Wow. And cool. uh, Ann would sit at the side of the stage um, you know uh, towards the end of my show and watch me and honestly i was really goo goo gaga every time <laughs> i looked at her i right. tried to speak to her and i I just couldn't <laughs> find the words you know what what do you say to someone like ann wilson you know right, right. <laughs> it was really and i'm having to sing in front of her and i'm like oh my giddy aunt you know i had to really um up my game <laughs>
0: right well
1: so, but she was just so generous of spirit, you know. She really was. She was so lovely to me. So it was, and her, her whole band were just amazing. So yeah, it was great. In fact, one of her bass players on one of the tracks on the album, awesome. Andy Stoller. Cool. Um, he's the Hearts bass player, and and and, and in Anne's solo uh, band also, and Nancy's. So uh, yeah, he he ended up playing on our album. So it was it was great.
0: Right. Well, you've got. Don't you have Robert Plant, uh, appearing on this album too?
1: No, uh, Robert was, um, did harmonica on my last album. Oh, okay. it was the last um, yeah, it, it, he, he was actually, you know what he said to me, um, you know, when you do this new album, I'll, I'll, I'll do something on it with you. But then COVID hit. Uh-huh. Um, and so it, it, it just, you know, we could never get it the time together then. And to be honest, it's it's great, and, and at some point, it would it would just be my greatest thing to to be able to do sing something with him. It would just be perfect. Yeah. But again, the time has to be right. I just want to. I just I, I'm I'm still in the process of proving myself, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> and I'm right. banned at the moment. That's how I see it, you know. Right. Um, right. So we yeah, it, it's great. And as you say, you know, people hear hear the name, and of course, it's. It's it's John and and Led Zeppelin, which I'm extremely proud of. Um, and Rob, I'm very very close to Robert. He's like a brother to me, really. Um, when I decided to get into the music business, I I, I made it a, a decision to do it my way, really, because otherwise, it's I, I didn't really want, want to be on the back of of Zeppelin. It's right. just it it wouldn't have been right. right. And you know, it sets the bar quite high. You know, when you grow up with Led Zeppelin. You, you've got to make sure you're good enough to, to carry that name because there's no point going out and being rubbish and, uh, you know, being John Bonham's right. sister. Oh, yeah, right.
0: well, I, I know, you know when you were a kid, though, it, it's not like, you know, maybe all the other uh, kids were listening to uh, Led Zeppelin, but your brother is in Led Zeppelin, so it's a little different world. So, But who were your influences when you were younger? Uh, and I guess, of course, Led Zeppelin was one of those, but who were yeah. your, your influences?
1: Well, it, it, I mean, all things started with Led Zeppelin, because I was six when uh, John joined them. So, um, you know, and I saw them when I was seven. Um, and that was the moment for me where I just, I, my world changed, you know, completely. Just sitting, watching my brother and this band, But it was like an out-of-body experience. <laughs> That's the only way I can explain it, because mm. they were like this otherworldly, figures up there it was incredible and the music was just so amazing so yeah it all started there but as i was growing up um john had such an eclectic mix of music and my other brother michael did too they were real motown guys as well you know and soul music Mm. um and blues and west coast music and um you know uh Oh, it was such a mix and my mom and dad were, were into their music as well you know they loved the big bands they loved the blues you know my dad particularly loved um billy holiday and you know sarah vaughan and all of that um so you know i grew up listening to this whole mix of everything um so you know influences really it all started with led zeppelin and then so many others, you know, Otis Redding and Erisa Franklin and Etta James and, and, and then, you know, uh, Janice and all, uh, uh, oh, I mean, so many so many bands that I could, I could name, you know, Little Feet. I'm a big Little Feet oh, fan. Cool. Um, And, of course, Free, uh, Paul Rogers, you know, right. um, Bad Company, they signed to Led Zeppelin's Swan Song Label. So, you know, I was a very big Bad Company fan. Oh, me too. Um, and then I discovered Free. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and now, of course, I'm a, I'm a Peter. Pete will talk to you about that. It's, he's a huge uh, Free fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there was just so much, you know. It, 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 there's, there was so much fantastic music around me all the time that um, it was a privilege, you know. There were so many influences. Um, I, I wouldn't know where to start, really. <laughs> Fleetwood Mac and... And Heart, you know, right. and so many, so many bands. I love Credence, you know, Clear, uh, Credence Clearwater Revival. And, yes. Um you know, I absolutely love John Fogerty, his right. voice. Right. Um Yeah. So, you know, loads of them.
0: So, uh, so when you were younger and your brother's in Led Zeppelin and, and you just, you decided you wanted to, to sing and, and things like that. So, uh I was reading about I guess you got up with uh his son Jason and, and played a little bit was that how did that Yeah
1: start? Yeah um well you know while while John was alive I didn't really do much because I was at school um you know I was quite I was um just 18 when he when he passed away mm-hmm. so I was still actually at uh, at school um and he didn't really he didn't want me to become, a, uh, you know, be in a in a, in a band and, and go into this industry. And at the time, so I remember telling him when I was about sixteen, "This is what I want to do." And he was like, "No, you've got to stay on at school. You've got to do this." You know, I think he wanted me to be a vet or something because <laughs> I I massive I have a massive love for animals and always mm-hmm. have done. Um, he really didn't see think that his kid sister should be in that industry. And and I get that now, you know. It it it. It was a difficult place for women back then, you know, and um, it was, he saw a side to in the industry as well that was probably not, not, not great. And he just, I, I totally understand, but of course you, you've you got to go where your heart is and, and, and it was always in me, you know, um, that, that I wanted to perform and sing and so um i did follow that that road and and it's it's been a, a hard road you know it's not been an easy road at all but it's got to a point now where i feel really comfortable um i think as the years have gone on and you get older and you start to realize things and understand things and um and it's opened up a lot more for women you know i mean i somebody i i held in huge esteem was um Uh, Maggie Bell, Mm -hmm. she was um, huge over here in the UK. I don't know whether she actually made it over to America, um, but she was our sort of version of Janis Joplin, really, but very solely as well. Mm -hmm. And she was signed to the Led Zeppelin Swansong Song label. And, uh, you know, I've had long talks with her about just how hard it was back then for women to to break through. You know, it, it was very much a man's world. Um but that's has opened up. Um and thank goodness for that because there's so many of the great singers you know, Dusty Springfield, Alkie Brooks, uh, and all the wonderful Stevie Nicks and Christine yes. McVie, you know. Right. They're trailblazers and um it's it's great that it has opened up now. Um so I was always gonna do it and um Jason um he was always playing drums from when he was little, you know. Um, I think he was playing drums before he could walk, really. Wow! Um, so we we decided to do some demos. where so we rang up Robert, who had a uh, a, a small studio in his um, in his barn, because this was pre you know all the technology we have today. Right, right. Um And we went and did some some demos, um, which was which was great, you know. <laughs> and then we've we've done. He's played on. He did all the drums on, except one track, which was Mick Fleetwood, which was amazing having him on my album. So he did all the, Jason did all the drums on the old Hyde album that I did. Um, awesome. So yeah, we've done, and we've we've toured together. We've done, um, we've done a lot of things together.
0: Awesome. You've been playing for years, and, and you've got um, your husband with you yes. that's a guitar player. So uh, how long have y'all been uh, playing together?
1: Oh, Pete and I. Um, well, we, about thirty years.
2: Wow!
1: I mean, it's been a long, uh, a long time. We we met thirty-one years ago at, at a friend's wedding. He he knew the 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 bride, and I knew the groom, and we met at this wedding. And and he had a band that um, did the music uh, as a, a wedding gift to the to the couple. So he, his band was playing. Now, I can tell you that his band was playing all the songs that your band plays, because we had a look at you on, <laughs> on your Facebook oh, okay. page. Oh, wow. And we were going, Crikey, this is, the, this is the, the the list that Pete was playing. Oh, um, wow. Tom Petty, you oh, know, right. all of that, and Creedence and everybody, sure. that all the list. Of, I want to come and see your band with everything oh, wow. that you play. We love. Hey,
0: please now, talk about well, when
1: we wow. come when we come to Alabama, we're definitely going to come and see him. it. <laughs> I, please do. So, yeah, please he do. was he was playing the band, and, and they asked me to get up. So I got up with uh, excuse me with um his band, good. and um and that was it. We sort of met, and um and then yeah, that was it, and we've never been apart since.
0: <laughs> wow, so I guess so. so been a it long worked time. out worked out pretty good for you. It sounds like yeah, that's. That's awesome.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you you know, some people could say that. I mean, I could say that I would have got out of jail quicker, you know. <laughs> I've spent more time with Pete than I would have done. Well, if I'd done something bad, which yeah. I don't tend to do. so yeah, I, <laughs> no, It's been great. But we have, I mean, 31 years, it's a long time. And because we're together 24-7, I guess it's like most... Most couples, we would have been married seventy years or something because <laughs> we've never been apart. So it's uh, it's amazing that we we're we're able to do that, and it's 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 good. Yeah, it's That's awesome. it's brilliant.
0: Awesome. Um, yeah. Well, y'all have a lot of creative ideas together. I mean, when you spend all that time together, it kind of helps to bounce off of each other as far as I mean, musically you can, you know, have yeah. new songs and, it, and you, you know. know.
1: He, I know he's sitting here, and I'll pass you on to him to have a chat when you're ready. But sure. he is one of the finest guitarists ever, and I think that's what. Because I couldn't see him when I was stood at, I was stood at the uh, the back of this this room, and but I could hear him play, and I was with a friend of mine, and I said, "Who who the heck sat on the guitar? You know, the, he just played one note and his the, vibrato the on it, and his feel. Wow. It, it just got me, so." <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's saying he's learned a second note now, so you know he's doing well. Oh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> but yeah, he is. So it, it's, it, um, yeah, it works. because we have mutual respect for each other's talent. so it, you know, it, um, it works.
0: Well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I can talk to him if he's ready to talk to a little bit.
1: Yeah, here sure. he is. I'm going to pass him on. All right. Here you are, Pete.
0: Hello, Gary. Nice to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you uh i've been a treat talking to your wife and talking about the music and i guess you're a big uh paul rogers fan she said so right
3: yes 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 so that was a so so yeah that was kind of a an idyllic job for me really oh man
0: (laughs) so how does that feel to to be playing with all these guys you know that you you always admired and you're like i get to jam with them you know and we get to play together well um
3: if I ask you, how how would you feel playing with uh, one one of your heroes, right. and just do you imagine that feeling, and then uh, then that's exactly how I feel because I'm a fan.
0: Right, <laughs> so, right, it's crazy. Yeah.
3: Well, we we haven't had a chance to play you yet, but we saw your set list and we had a good would... laugh because that was like the <laughs> that was like the soundtrack to our life.
0: <laughs> that's all. Well, see that my influences are the same influences, and then. I mean, talking about, just talking, you know, I get a chance to talk to all these people that I grew up listening to, you know, and I get to interview yeah. them, and I'm thinking, man, it's just a treat for me just to talk to y'all, you know, people like y'all. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, well, how excited uh, are you about the new album?
3: Well, it's great. i tell you what, it's, because um, uh, we, we've done a bunch of albums where we've all, like, uh co-written them you know debbie mainly brings the song nearly finished to us to the band and then we stick our bit in there you know whether i create a riff or do the solos or whatever but uh, but we sort of finish the songs off that's it that i I didn't realize that would seem easier than doing a cover than doing this kind of cover version album because because this Cover version, it wasn't exactly a cover version album. We've got to try and make the songs sound different to the original.
2: Right.
3: Uh, and we've got to make them sound cool as well. Oh, but um, yeah, sure. But also, they're songs that sounded cool already, so so it's it's very, <laughs> 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 you don't want to make them worse. Right. And, and you and you don't want to say you made them better, because they're already <laughs> as good as they can get a right. lot of them, so. Well, so you've got to try and do sure. some sideways step, don't you?
0: Well, you know what I'm thinking is maybe some of the uh the younger generation they haven't heard those songs so you get to introduce yeah. those songs to them in your way then they can go back and yeah. listen to the originals and and say hey yeah. they did a good job they did a cool job of their own version of course you don't want to copy that's right
3: Yeah but I, I tell you what you know when we first went into the studio we we you know we've been listening to the originals and of course we all start up just jamming them but we're jamming them as as how they were done so that was no use
2: yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah great that was easy let's go <laughs> yeah, that's it that's all you got to do well uh, so this this album was recorded uh where was it recorded i was reading about it uh that
2: great
3: great studio down the road from where we live and it's called the old chapel studios and it's uh it's it's in a village called Nutbourne, okay, and uh, and as it's a chapel, it's uh, like a church house, cool, and it's right opposite a pub, which is like a gin house, and uh, down the road is a school, so there's a schoolhouse, so wow, so it's so it's a, a so it's, uh, it's completely Nut Nutbourne city limits, we call it, wow, <laughs> church house, schoolhouse, oh, gin amazing. house, Every,
0: yeah. all the houses, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, <absolutely laughs> how. Yeah, how was it? Was it how fun was it to record in uh, in the processes and things like that?
3: Well, it was great because we we record initially all together. All together, we we have a few days in the rehearsal studio, sort of a, you know, not knocking them into shape, and uh, and that that gets tough because it just takes one person to say, "Can we go to the pub?" And then <laughs> right. And then that that sort of ruins the rest of the and day's rehearsal it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> like,
0: oh, it's over, let's go yeah right well how, so how did you get started uh playing guitar and things like that?
3: uh I was really young, about six or seven years old, I got my first guitar, but that was because uh I had an uncle, my mum's little brother, who was only three years older than me, so so he you know he he got his first guitar aged about eight or nine. And of course, immediately I wanted everything that he had, so, right. so I had to get a guitar the next year, you know, and that kind of thing. So so he was busy trying to work out songs, and then he'd have to teach me them, and we, we'd we just keep playing the records, you know, lifting the needle up, dropping it back on the record again, and copying right. what we heard, you know, songs that we liked. And back then, the songs that we were listening to were uh, usually either his older sister's records, or my mum's, or babysitter's, which... Would range from the Beatles, the Tremeloes, Elvis Presley, Roy Orbison, right. uh, Dwayne Eddie, uh, and then sort of into the, the Fleetwood Mac, Peter Green era. Right. And then, uh, then my aunt was a big free fan and bad company, so that's that's how I got well into that. <laughs> we got caught up in the the kind of the the guitar playing of Paul Kossoff because of the vibrato thing. We, we got really kind of. Hooked on that at a really early age, right. and we'd we try and I don't know out vibrato each other.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, um, Yeah,
3: it was just something, just something we got hooked on as like nine or ten year olds. So yeah, uh, and then you know, uh, Leonard. Well, you're in Alabama, aren't you? Well, Leonard Skinnerd.
2: Oh yeah, sure.
3: Uh, hit the screens in uh, Ireland where I was. On a program called the Old Grey Whistle Test in about '76, and uh, of course they, they they showed the outdoor Nebworth Freebird, right. which just uh, knocked our socks off again as well, because sure. that that was almost like three guitarists in one band playing it's like all our heroes.
0: Crazy, it's crazy.
3: So yeah, so yeah, yeah, I think if any kid wanted to be in a band at that point in time, it was and Skinner, you
2: sure
0: know. sure yeah,
3: yeah we'd be saying oh they've got three guitars i wonder if they need another
0: two they might need <laughs> two more you know you know it's just yeah it's crazy yeah, <laughs> yeah um wonder if, that's
3: what if i write to them yeah
0: <laughs> right you never know they might just you know I, I always drop hints you know i'm just saying i always throw, yeah. I, yeah i mean and i will take you all up on the offer to to jam out or something you come to alabama i'm there i'm just saying i'll we'll jam <laughs> yeah but uh yeah. Well, so you the, you got to tell me that you like Led Zeppelin too, right?
3: Yep, yep. But uh, but funny enough, Led Zeppelin weren't the top of my list. That was the, the top of top of most people's lists. Now, free, free and bad company. Free was were, it,
0: bad company. There, I mean, up, uh, two different styles. I mean, two awesome styles, but you know, two different styles. So, but but both you can understand why people are fans of you know, but they're cool too. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, funny enough, because the age, at the age I was—I uh, mean, when Led Zeppelin came out, I was only four or five years old. So, so I wasn't probably—I I didn't get into it maybe till I was about thirteen or fourteen. Right. Uh, and I guess that might have been just because my babysitters or my parents or aunts didn't have those records. It was—it could have gone a different path had they had they played me Led Zeppelin age seven years old. So. Right, you know, maybe that's the kind of thing. But as well as that, when we were kids, you know, you, you know, a record to buy a record. I mean, you know, it's uh, quite a lot of money uh, right. for us as kids. So you had to have, you know, and save up for a guitar. So you had to, uh, you know, have a Saturday job or a morning job. We have things called paper rounds where right. you used to go out and stick papers and Oh, you have
0: paper, yeah, paper rounds, rounds in sure, the sure, yes, as well, sure.
3: Yeah, yeah. So you'd, you'd have to do all these sort of things to buy your record collection and buy your guitars and stuff. So, right. so not everybody could afford all their favorite records. You had to share amongst your friends at school. That's right. You know, you had to you know, so one guy had the free records, one guy had the Zeppelin records, and you'd do a little swap for a week or two, you know, and then. Right. And that, and, and the Deep Purple records. That was another big one, and sure. And then, uh, then Rush entered the scene as well. So.
0: And uh, but, uh, yeah, that. Well, what was your uh, what was your first guitar that you that you ever played?
3: First guitar was a, a, an electric guitar. So, well, the first guitar was actually a catalog um, acoustic guitar that was about five bucks, and uh, that was rubbish. About a year later, I got an electric guitar from a like a supermarket, like almost like a Walmart yeah. brand guitar, right. and that was about thirty bucks worth. And that was terrible, but I had that for about two years before I was like saving up to get something quite reasonably decent. And right. I think the next one was uh, the, the the next one. I think was a Stratocaster copy. Oh, okay. Which at this point I'd discovered uh, Bacardi and uh, Richie Blackmore and Jimi Hendrix. Oh, yeah. So we, uh, I think we were about thirteen, and uh, we had pinched a bottle of Bacardi from. One of the bandmates' parents oh. and we had this we had this gig at the church, and uh we drank the bottle between the three of us Oh, wow, and that was it. we totally lost control and I got carried away and set fire to this oh, guitar geez. that I'd saved up I'd, and then I smashed it and uh so that was uh three years of savings down the drain oh, geez. on my first
0: on my first experience of recording oh, the, it's <laughs> it sounds jimmy hendrix burned a few guitars i mean that's what that's what, the influence was really strong but yeah that wild.
3: was it i got a bit carried away i think in, in the set we had <laughs> deep purple smoking the water and jimmy hendrix saying Joe. so i took Jeez. it too far yeah right well and the thing was you think you would entertain the audience but the audience were playing badminton in front of the stage <laughs> and totally totally ignored us
0: <laughs> wow uh, that's well you know i guess you know what to each his own i guess but yeah <laughs> so, some relaxing music while you play badminton. Yeah, that's oh, that's yeah, pretty but, cool. <laughs>
3: but they but they then, but then we discovered um at uh, the music shop they offered me uh, where I paid every week for the guitar I got a guitar on uh what they call the uh, on credit. Yeah. So I had that's so I got a Saturday job that paid 7 pounds a week or 7 pounds on a Saturday and that's about 10 bucks and the guitar shop charged me five pounds a week for the guitar for wow. three years, I think it was.
0: When you were younger, though, and you heard all your favorites, you know, kind of like uh, you heard uh, Free or, or Bad Company or something like that, Did you, when you had the guitar, did you think, I want to sound like that, and, and suddenly did you think that you were going to sound like that instantly? I mean, I always had this, you know, I was impatient and I wanted it to sound like that. I, I think I got a guitar from Sears, and it sounded crappy, and it didn't sound like Van Halen. It sounded like Van crappin <laughs> It didn't sound good. So, when did you realize that I have to get this effect, and I got to get this amp, and I got to get all this? Did you realize all that all of a sudden?
3: I I think I was uh, about fourteen, I think, when I got my first Marshall, and that was uh, that was a bit of luck. Again, it was an old secondhand Marshall, so I, this would have been about seventy seven uh 1978 maybe and the amp the marshall head it was a 100 watt head and it was from 1969 and it was in this electronics store opposite my school and it didn't really do musical instruments it just did electrical anything right and they had this amplifier head marshall amplifier head, in, and it was a 100 watt bass head so it was a and the bass heads sold for about half the price of the guitar heads. Of course, everybody wanted Marshall guitar heads. And the bass heads weren't quite so popular secondhand. So this was 90 pounds, you know, 120 bucks. So uh, I borrowed some money and got this. But the guy in the electric store told me a little trick, and he did it for me in the shop. He says, you do know the only difference in the bass head and the guitar head? Uh, No. So it's just this little resistor here. So we opened the back of the Marshall did a little rewire of it and said, "There you go." Although it's called a Super base Hundred, oh. it's actually now the same as a hundred watt plexi. Wow! So, so I, so I had a you know a, a budget. For, well, it was the same cool lamp but for a fraction of the cost. And of course, not being able to afford what you wanted, you had to make all these kind of you know sacrifices and modifications. But much later on in life, I found out so many people did that. Uh, even Paul Kossoff had super bass hundred watt lead heads. Wow! With this conversion on them. Yeah. So, so it was kind of known. All all those boys from the sixties and seventies—they they did all those modifications back then. But I only found out by accident in Belfast, just because I couldn't afford the real one.
0: Wow, that's <laughs> a cool story. So, how did you start playing in bands and things like that? What what got you into that?
3: Well, we, we had, uh, so myself and my uncle would be playing together and, and then, uh, of course he was at a different school, a bit, a bit older than me, so, uh, and then he left and had a whole bunch of friends playing bands. They'd get me to, uh, I would occasionally play drums or bass for them because my uncle was a lead guitarist, so there wasn't room for me to be lead guitar. So I play drums or bass, but then I'd go back to my school and get a bunch of, uh, kids in my class or the class. It was usually the the classes a year or two above me that I found other musicians because anybody my age was probably too young to learn, whereas I'd learned really early. So I was playing with a load of older kids and stuff, so we'd form our own bands. And then we'd play what was called the school disco once a year or a couple of times a year. So that would be... And that would be because that would be like about fourteen years old, fifteen years old, so 78, 79, and Punk had come in. We were doing a we were doing a right mixture of songs. We were we were doing Hendrix, Free, uh, Deep Purple, Boomtown Rats, Ramones. We did two Ramones songs. Okay. Uh, Sex Pistols and Black Sabbath. We, you're just not supposed to mix all those songs up in one. Concert, are you? It's just well, it just, we
0: well if, if if they're not playing badminton in the front, you know, you you could probably get by with some. Of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, play. They're playing. Yeah, what are they playing? Yeah. Uh, um. So did was how fun was that though? You know, when you're as you're oh, progressing, uh, you know, you're you're seeing more and more. You're playing for people, and you know, you get excited about all that, right? For your gigs. So. Uh, so. Oh,
3: it, it was it was just the best. And, uh, and then the other thing was it, it became easy to get girlfriends.
0: Right, <laughs> right. That's it. Get the guitar, get well, the other.
3: Well, I, I noticed that people <laughs> at the, you know, schools were quite sports orientated. Yeah. You know, so, that, that, uh, of course, you've got your American football, baseball and stuff and hockey. But over sure. in Ireland, ours was, and it was either cricket or rugby or something like that. Right. And I was I was rubbish at both and I could I could see the guys that were really good at rugby and really good at cricket they'd get the girlfriends from the other schools. And if you're rubbish at sports you didn't get the girlfriends. So right. what I noticed was if you played guitar in a band that's it. And you were crap at you were crap at sports you could get a girlfriend.
0: That's it. <laughs> or you could wear a rugby shirt and play guitar and, and yeah. do f- two for one or something. I know. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I just just, just saying. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that that seems to work. You know, if you unless you smell like real bad, you know, yeah, it helps to bathe. You know, just I'm just saying. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Hold well, that So, how did you progress into where you are now? How did you get to that point in your band?
3: Well, I sort of moved over to London when I was about twenty-one, and sort of accidentally fell into a couple of bands, and uh, and then ended up in one of the biggest, well, not big, but one of the busiest. Uh, bar bands, I suppose you'd call them. We'd we'd play clubs like the Marquee Club, which is a famous club, but a lot of other clubs of the same sort of size and bars that would have music rooms. So, you know, a couple of hundred people a night kind of size. Cool. For about four years. Yeah. And it became pretty well known on the circuit. But we'd be playing five, six times a night, or five, six times a week. Wow. So you really got your chops going well. You know, it was... It it was second nature playing, you know, by the time I started getting into other bands and stuff and asked to do stuff. And, uh, so that, that, that was sort of it. And then meeting Deborah, we sort of, uh, kicked it up a level when we got together as a band and started doing original stuff. And, and then, you know, some of our peers, we, we'd, we'd get maybe support slots with, well, for instance, Paul Rogers and Foreigner and stuff like that. So people would start noticing you and a few doors would open and a bit of luck sets in and opportunity and all that kind of thing. And uh, and I, I guess a, a, a big chunk of it is actually uh, uh, like animal welfare. I mean, De- Deborah rescues a lot of animals and mm-hmm. Paul Rogers' wife does as well. So we had this sort of thing in common. So we started doing – so we all joined together to do some concerts for – uh rescued horses and rescued dogs and all sorts of stuff, so it sort of then started organically started growing out of a friendship and a common common bond for i don't know love of uh animals of all sorts so it right. wasn't just all about who's the best player it was right. about yeah if you can if you can play decent and you've got a decent heart well hey, it all sort of came together that's awesome.
0: Oh, um, so playing with Paul Rogers, I mean, ha- have you have thought about recording some music with him? And um, as far as recorded, we
3: we did a live concert album uh, at the Royal Albert Hall in London, which was the, the last date of our UK tour right. uh, in 2017. And that came out on, that was called uh, free spirit live at uh, the Royal Albert Hall and we did a the CD DVD Blu-ray and a vinyl triple vinyl set of that uh, which uh, charted in Billboard number 2 awesome. in the Billboard video charts I think cool and uh, so it did pretty well um, so that that was the only recording I did with them so it was a, it was live concert DVD and, and audio and so we haven't written any new music and done to, done it together
0: have you got some music that you're working on? I know you got the uh, the album out, uh, well coming out in April. But do you have some more original songs that you're going to be doing?
3: Yeah, we've got, um, we're, we're kind of because this album was sort of ready, I don't know, over a year ago. So we'd, we'd normally be ready to be doing another album by now. Uh, but you know, because of all the uh, sort of shit storm that happened over the right. last couple of years, right. like everything got put back and delayed and stuff so yeah we've we've got the, we've the we've got the stu- the beginnings of another album so once once we've sort of toured this one a bit, we'll be right back in there with a the new one we'll probably do an- uh, back to our originals for the next one and and i think and i think from this Bon and Bullock album with all the covers. I think they'll probably, we'll probably pick up a lot of suggestions and ideas along the way that we might get it in our heads to do a second version of this. Oh, cool. So, because you, you know what happens when you do it, you think, oh, God, it would have been good to do that one. Right. Or, or you might say, you yeah, know, you guys could have done that. And we go, oh, geez. Are you? And before you know it, you've got a head full of a dozen songs that you... so. So it could happen again, but I think the, the, the album after this one will probably be another Originals one, and then maybe another Bonham Bullock. Uh, when you were saying about the uh, where we recorded, I just realized that uh, when we finished recording at that Chapel Studios, it's a lovely converted chapel, uh, and when we uh, finished recording there, we took it to Real World Studios, which is owned by Peter Gabriel. Oh, okay. Have you heard of that place?
0: Yeah, I, I, Ch- I think I know that guy, Peter Gabriel. <laughs> we used to he have coffee. Famous no. <laughs> He's been around a while. Uh yeah, that's, yeah. that's awesome. That's that's all, yeah, yeah think, so
3: we we, yeah. uh, we mixed we mixed it up there with uh, Tim Oliver who uh mixed Robert Plant's albums and some of Peter Gabriel's albums and stuff so that was so it's a pretty I mean, he mastered the album as well so the the mixing and the mastering was really pretty sweet.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I, like I said I've been listening to the songs and uh, it, they're awesome. I mean, you know, I, I think y'all uh, did a great job of the songs and then, you know, everybody will get a kick out of it. That's that's going to be released April 29th. And then you were talking about some uh concerts that you got coming up, but you're not sure about the US yet. You got to come to Alabama, though. That's that's Oh, def- God,
3: I'd love to come to Alabama.
0: Yeah, that's that's uh, got to be on the list. And, and we've got a jam yeah, let me- we got to jam somewhere. Yeah, you know,
3: there's, a, there's at least three, by the way. There's, there's Skinner, there's the Alabama Three, there's the Blind Boys of Alabama. There's, you know, there's there's so much of Alabama that... Uh, right. You know, well, I'm, there's I'm the Muscle Shoals
0: uh, sound, you know, uh, up the, there. The
3: Muscle Shoals. Yeah. Yeah, Muscle Shoals. And, uh, and then, uh, never mind the music, do you guys do ribs and chicken wings?
0: Hey, sure. <laughs> hey, just be <laughs> here <sorry>. at... <laughs> <laughs> I, i'll be i'll be cooking them y'all just show up <laughs> you'll be cooking them brilliant fantastic. just randomly okay. call me before you show up you know, just say hey we're we're coming in bring out the chicken wings thanks so much for uh for talking to me and i'll uh i'll be hearing from you hopefully soon chicken ribs
3: in a jam alabama, exactly. alabama. Write it,
0: it. put it on your calendar yeah it's on <laughs> okay. all right sounds good to cheers. me thanks man cheers guy all right thanks Thanks, everybody, for listening to another interview and episode of Real Music. If you'd like to help out with this podcast, you can click on the support button and give any amount that you like. I appreciate the ones that have been given in the past. It means a lot to me. And Until next time, everybody, this is Gary Stuckey saying whatever you do, keep the music real.